All right, it's time I did this, even though I don't have a lot of time, but the stupidity of people is such that it often drives me to do things. So perhaps there is a reason for the stupid people so that the intelligent people get motivated to take action against their stupidity. Here are the numbers that you really need to understand about this whole Corona Chan thing. And this was prompted by the usual idiot, John, you know, the guy who um, argued for months that said the privation was wrong and just not correct and canon law didn't say that and then I proved him dead wrong. Same guy, he's a boomer, you know, they don't learn. And he keeps saying the mortality rate is only going to be like less than 1%. That's on his, I don't know, he's just pulled that number out of his ass. Because the only numbers that matter, um, and I'll explain why, so I'll take it in small steps, right? I'm only looking at the numbers from Italy, and as they come online, I'll, I'll look more also at the numbers from Spain, Portugal. I would look at numbers from Finland, Denmark, and so on. But they're small numbers at the moment. Italy is the best test case. Now, why? Because, unlike what a lot of Americans that have never traveled outside of Tennessee or wherever they live, um, Italy, especially the north of Italy, which is the area that's affected, has got some of the best hospitals in the world. Um, to give you an idea, when my first wife had a slip disc and um, you know it took them here in the UK a week to do an injection that a nurse will do in Italy because the main guy was away. And then when he came back uh, and he did the thing, so she was in hospital for a week waiting for this lumbar injection. And the only reason we were just waiting for that is that it was a steroid injection so that she could actually travel without being in absolute agony to go to Italy where there's actually real doctors and I mean it was a comedy of errors the the number two of the spinal unit this little Indian guy complete fucking fuckwit um, you know it was like I, I'd forced them literally um, pretty much forced them to get an MRI uh, that same day when she went to the hospital because they were like oh you can go home come back in like three weeks I was like buddy you better get me an MRI now or you're going to need one for, you know, somewhere up there where you're going to be a quadriplegic. So hurry the fuck up. So they gave me the, you know, they, they, they eventually did this MRI the next morning. And this guy comes in and like, oh, well, you know, you can go home now. I was like, where's the MRI? He's like, no, because I'm the specialist. I said, listen, you're a moron, right? You're not qualified to make me a cup of tea. Where is the MRI? Oh, well, it's a, have you looked at the MRI? Because I knew he had it. And you're like, uh, well, have just answer my question. Have you looked at the MRI? Uh, well, no, I haven't. Okay, then shut up. Shut up. Go away. Go away. Don't stay in the same room as me. And, you know, he left. And then the number one guy came and I told him, I said, that, that's your number two? Seriously? I mean, th th there are street cleaners in South Africa that can't read or write that would do a better job. You know, it's just pathetic. The, the hospitals, the NHS in the UK is abysmal. Okay, absolutely worse than the third world and i know because i've lived in the third world for over 20 years it's pathetic now the hospitals in italy are not like that you don't really get uh you know what what was the rampant thing that was going on in the uk hospitals a decade back or so was uh you know these um resistant infections and so on because they're dirty motherfuckers i mean you you got fucking you know little dust bowls in in the 
in the corridors in the hospitals here. I mean, in Italy, it, you go in the hospital and it smells like antiseptic, as it should. Uh, plus, Italian doctors actually know what they're doing in the main. Um, you know, things have degraded a little bit over the last 15, 20 years or whatever, but it's still, you know, a hospital in Italy is going to do the right thing. And the doctors in Italy are actually qualified doctors, not, you know, uh, imports from Baghdad or whatever. Um, you know, I've, I've physically got the scars on my body to prove what the NHS does and how they work. Anyway, never mind. The point is the hospitals in Italy are good. They're some of the best in Europe and the nor north of Italy, which is what I'm talking about. And, you know, a lot of people outside of Italy don't know that. They just think, oh, Italians are just like the Spaniards or the Portuguese. No, you know, difference between an Italian and a Spaniard is roughly the same difference between a human and a monkey. And, you know, between a Spaniard and a, and a Portuguese, you know, it's the same difference between a, a monkey and some kind of mollusk, you know. It's just, that's how I see things, you know. But anyway, the point is, there's over 12,000 infected in Italy. But that number is irrelevant, all right? Because those people are still going through the disease. The only number that counts is people that have gone through the disease and have either died or recovered. That's the only number that counts. Now, the boomer can't understand this, which is what you know got me to like, how can somebody be that dumb? How can you be so stupid to not understand that the people who are currently infected, you don't know what's going to happen to them, whether they recover or not. The only hard numbers that we have are that for sure, okay, of the people that have gone through the disease, we know they were all infected, and we know that these are the numbers. Currently, 827 dead, 1,045 recovered. Total, 1872. So the number of dead, 827, over the total number, gives you 44%. It jumped up. It was about 39% yesterday. But I've been monitoring this for a couple of weeks, and it's been a steady 30-40% the whole time. So the mortality rate that people keep telling you, it's 4%, it's 5%, it's 0.6 of a percent, it's going to be under 1%. No. The mortality rate that we have at the moment in Italy is over 40%. Now, I do expect this to be the, the high end of the curve. But even then, I'm making some pretty optimistic assumptions because we're assuming no reinfection. We're assuming that once you're recovered, that's it, you're cured and you've got the immune things in your body and you're just ironclad. That's not true. We do know that people that have recovered have represented with the same symptoms. <coughs> now, I don't know, we don't have enough data to know whether the people that do represent with the same symptoms end up being just carriers or whether they get as sick as before and maybe they're already weakened and they die off. If the reinfection is as vicious as the original infection because it's, say, like AIDS, for example. And I know this, again, from personal experience because living in Africa, in a country where at one point 85% of the military force tasted HIV positive, um, and, you know, my father had a large workforce there, um, about 700, 800 people, and 10% of them died every year. And very often what happened is that, you know, they'd, they'd get sick, some of them, the ones who could afford it, or you know, the, the few that we could afford to, to pay for, because you know you can't, we couldn't afford to pay for everybody. So there were some people that were that we, you know, the managers and so on that were like the keep personnel of the company. 
if they got sick, you know, my dad um, financed their, their, their medical expenses. And these guys would go on the retrovirals and they would be okay. But then they'd get reinfected because they fucked around, didn't use a condom, whatever. And when they got reinfected, the second strain would wipe them out within weeks. I mean, I'm one of the few people, my brother, myself, we can actually spot somebody that's got HIV. You know, we can just look at them and we're not, mm, he's got it. I know it sounds weird, but that's what happens when you see enough of these cases. And then they take the retrovirals. If they don't get reinfected, they're okay. But if they get reinfected, it mutates, it becomes a different form. The retroviral they're using doesn't work, and they either have to try a different retroviral very quickly, or they're very quickly wiped out. This could be a similar thing. So the reinfection, we don't know the deadliness of that. And I'm assuming, for the purposes of this exercise, that it's zero. I'm also assuming that the, the infrastructure collapsing doesn't matter. And of course, we do know it matters. We know that the hospitals in Italy right now are overloaded because 12,000 sick people in hospital beds is untenable, you know, and it's going to be 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, who knows. So the infrastructure is going to collapse. And it's not just the hospital infrastructure. It's going to be the super. Italy has now closed down every shop that is not a pharmacy or a food. So there's no business activity going on. I've received mail, because I work also for some people in Italy, where they're saying they've shut down their factories, they're still supplying materials to overseas, but on a reduced basis, they're accepting no, no uh, visitors to their sites or to their uh, quarries and so on. Um, you know, and that's a pretty serious thing. This is an ongoing concern, ongoing business. And they're like, no, stay at home unless you're key personnel. You know, we, we know what we're doing internally. But we're asking you, don't come to our offices, don't come to our um, sites. We will keep furnishing you with the materials that we promised and so on. You know, but we're still going to turn over, but we're working on a skeleton crew and we're taking precautions, blah, blah, blah. It's a serious thing, right? They're shutting down the whole country. And they're right to do so. Because on these numbers, that, you know, it's... Uh, I'll get to, to another part that I want to discuss. But anyway, so there's three things I'm ignoring. The reinfection rate, the collapsing infrastructure, and the fact that potentially, you know, it's just that the younger people take longer to die. So I'm sort of half ignoring that. I'm ignoring that and saying, well, this is a high number because the weak die first, they die quickly, and that's why it's looking so bad. So I expect this to be the high-end number, but it's been steadily climbing, by the way. As time goes by, it started out at 20%, 30%, 36 39 44 today. So it's not going the right way. But never mind. Let's assume that's the high-end number, right? And we've ignored all these other things. Are we out by a factor of 10 here? No, we're not. 2,000 cases is enough of a sample to have a pretty rough idea of what's going on. And here's the point that a lot of people don't get. A disease is fractal. It's fractal. So if out of 2,000 people, 44% die, that's a pretty good indicator that you know around 40% of people that catch the disease are likely to die. Now, I'm being optimistic and I'm saying no. Because, you know, the sick, the infirm, the old, they die quickly. Anybody over 
80 or whatever dies first and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all of that. I agree with all of that. But what I'm saying is that if this mortality rate ends up being under 10%, I think we're lucky. I think we're lucky if it ends up under 10%. Because by all these indicators, my gut feel is going to be around 20. Again, ignoring the, re the reinfection rate and, and what that does. There's another thing. Italy was one of the first countries in the West to completely shut down, you know, tell people not to travel. <coughs> you haven't got me yet, Corona-chan. Um, you know, and, and shutting things down. And again, people think, oh, the Italians are panicking. <laughs> you know, they're just uh, overreacting. You know, they wave their hands a lot. No, you fucking morons. One thing that people don't understand, and they really don't, because, you know, it's it's the old Anglo-Saxon, oh, the Italians switched sides and they were useless in the war and, you know, they're not great fighters and whatever. Italians are abysmal at anything, organizing anything. And, and an army, a military is an organization. It's a giant logistics issue. It's a giant human sort of issue. That's why the Teutonic races do well. The Germans do well as soldiers because, you know, they're pretty dumb. They don't have an imagination and they do as they're told, which is what you want. The average Italian has got 15 opinions in his own head and he's arguing with himself half the time. You put three Italians in a trench, you've got 45 arguments, you know. Plus, this guy comes from the South, that guy doesn't, you know, he's married my sister, so I'm going to give him the food and not you and fuck you, I'm giving you the shit ammunition. You know, it's a mess. It's absolute fucking mess. But on an individual basis and in small coherent groups that have worked together. The Italians are second to none, which is why you have the imagination of the fashion, of the architecture, all that stuff, all the art and stuff, whatever. You know, we, we, Italy is a living museum, okay? But it's not just that. It's in matters of security, which again, people say, oh, the Italian security is abysmal, it's wrong. Well, let me tell you, I've been in security pretty much all my life, okay? Uh, I've worked as an armed bodyguard, I've been a security consultant, I've seen all sorts of crap that most human beings will never get to see, thank God. Um, and the public security concerns of the Italians is way above any other government that I've seen, with a possible exception of Kazakhstan, which is an almost quasi-military state. But again, um, in Kazakhstan as well, the, the soldiers operate in groups of three, which is the minimum number that you want to operate and be effective. And in Kazakhstan, they stand in, in a formation back to back. So they've got like 360 degree view. Um, it's okay, but it's stationary. In Italy, they also work in three, usually two cops and a soldier or two soldiers and a cop, uh, which promotes interoperability between departments. And they're switched on. Listen, I, I, I spent some time in Venice, all right? I lived there for a bit. I was traveling around. I was I spent some time in Kazakhstan. I looked at, I know America pretty well. I know the UK very well. And I've been to many other countries. The Italian soldiers and military and police are switched on and trained to a degree that I have not seen anywhere else. And when it was... Um, the, uh, the holiday of the ascension of, of Christ in, uh, in Venice, in Piazza San Marco, they had a giant fireworks display and everybody was going to the piazza. And it was 
made in such a way that you couldn't get to that square, which is, you know, a, there's rat lines going in there. There's, there's like labyrinthine little callus going in there. Every one of them was cordoned off and they were channeling you through these gates with police and soldiers who were clocking you, picking you out of the crowd. And it flowed. It flowed because most human beings that haven't got any, that are not, you know, super paranoid or have a lot of security training, didn't even understand what was going on. But you are being vetted at least three times, usually four, before you could get into the piazza by a group of three each time. And they would selectively pick you out. They would selectively pick out the people to search. And, and it was done in a very, very professional way. The reason I'm telling you all this is because there is another factor that you're not counting, which in Italy, everything can be a little bit shit. Everything can be a little bit inefficient. Time doesn't count. They wear watches for fucking fashion, but they don't know how to use them. Yes, all true. But kids, don't fuck with kids. Don't fuck with little kids. You know, a, a dying child in Italy is a major, major issue. Okay, it affects not just the, the parents of the child, it affects everybody in the community. Italy doesn't have a high birth rate. You know, the, the Italian government has bled the Italians dry for so long that they don't have the money, they can't afford to even move out from their parents' place at 30, never mind have kids. So if they do have a child, it's usually a one-child family and they are super protective. And, you know, anybody that harms kids or allows harm to come to kids is anathema. You know, that he's going to be crucified, uh, not just politically, but sometimes actually physically, you know, like... One of the last priests that came out with um, came out after having molested two girls, one of which committed suicide two days after he was out. He was shot. You know that shit happens. I'm not saying child abuse doesn't happen in Italy. It happens everywhere. But um, there's a different approach to the general public in Italy is still very protective of kids, and the government knows this, and politicians know this, and they would be loath to allow. You know what they what the population perceives as their kids to be exposed to this disease which is why they shut it down and it didn't happen you know from some one pinnacle guy in a pyramid it happened from the mayors of every town from the governors of every city it, like people who have got families and and you know because the average mayor of your average little village in italy you know is a guy that you meet at the bar you know it's not he's not some guy in an ivory tower and they, they're mixing with the people and they're like, fuck, I've got a family too. No, fuck this. We'll close it down. They all, all of that happened because they understand these numbers. They know what's actually going on. And, you know, the lackadaisical approach that's been taken here in the UK, even by people I know, people I work with, it's just like, hey, well, it's just the flu. No, it's not a fucking flu, you morons. Do the maths. It's not hard maths, right? Now, the people that are saying, oh, but it's only got a 4% mortality rate because, you know, no, you idiots. First of all, you're accepting numbers from China, Iran, and South Korea. You accept those as real numbers? Are you fucking retarded? China has never released the truth. It's counter to their religion. They will never tell you what the real numbers are. And I know for a fact, through people that I know, that I know personally, yeah, telling me that their, their buddy in China called them up and said, it's not 300, it's 300,000. There's 300,000 bodies. They're burning them alive before they're dead. They're still twitching and they're wrapping them up and fucking setting them on fire. 
right? These are people that are physically in China and they manage to say these few sentences and then their, their line gets cut off, you know? So, and it's not one guy, right? And I know people in Italy, I've got family in Italy. You know, it's bad. It's very, very fucking bad. Now, should you panic? No, I don't think you should panic because that doesn't help. You should take precautions. You should be, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a high risk situation because I'm in a big city you know, I still have to go out there and do stuff. You know, we, we're pretty okay. Otherwise, the, you know, the kids and the wife staying at home. But if I get sick, I might infect them. So, you know, I have to be a bit careful myself and so on. But these numbers are scary numbers. So it's not a common flu. And people, oh, more people have died of the flu. You know, somebody told me that today. I was like, no, you fucking moron. Well, 60,000 people have died of the flu. Well, you fucking idiot. We're in February. That's the number for the whole year in the world. We're going to have fucking 60,000 dead by the end of the year just in one fucking country, if, if we're lucky. Because at this rate, and at the rate that it's spreading, it's doubling. The number, the total number of infections is doubling every couple of days. Every two, three days, it's doubling. You know, so it's a huge, huge infectious, biologically engineered thing. Now, what are some of the positive things is it seems like so far it's still only killing people like over 60. If it's bioengineered, there could be a way to engineer it so that it affects only people who have got a certain, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, teleometer, tel telometer length. It's, it's like part of your DNA, of your cell structure. There's like a little, think of it as a little rope and it has a certain length. And as you age, I can't remember if it gets longer or shorter, but either way, so you could design something that looks for the length of that. And then if it finds that, it starts to do some really destructive shit, which, you know, would be sort of a more, let's say, humane or whether it's humane or not, it would be a more intelligent, let's say, use of a um, of a bioweapon. The only thing that I'm thinking about that, though, is this bioweapon was designed by, um, you know, Bill Gates, essentially. I believe I'm the guy that um, first put it on the blog and, and on, on Social Galactic and so on. And I saw Vox mentioned it yesterday or something, but, you know, I, I sent the video to him a few days ago. And I think, he's, you know, since then he's managed to have a look and um, and verify the, the video and the stuff that I told him. But, yeah, there's a, you know, it's a bioengineered weapon. Bill Gates absolutely was involved in the creation of this thing. And they ran a test run, you know, I sent a link to, to on the blog, I've got on my blog, I've got the link to the event 201, you know, which is the, 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 the war game, the playing out, the simulation of this very same disease, kills 60 million people according to their simulation. And what I'm thinking is there's got to be, there's got to be a way that the people who create it aren't going to be affected. So, and keep in mind, this is the mild form because there is a really virulent, deadly, vicious bioengineered one that, I don't know, might wipe out the whole fucking human race. So maybe this is just a test run. Who knows? Uh, but these are the numbers. The mortality rate on the numbers that I trust currently is around 40%. And like I said, I expect that to be on the high end, but I also expect we're not out by a factor of 10. You know, 2,000 people is enough of a sample to, to get an idea. Um, and like I said, I'm still thinking it's on the high end, but it's not 4%. It's going to be higher than that. 
And, you know, that's quite a hit numerically in terms of people dead. But, you know, if you survive it, if you're one of the people that survives it. The other thing, there's two other things. One, Vox mentioned an, an idea that I hadn't thought of, which is like, well, what if this is all done to prevent the deep state from doing other things? In other words, they're, they're killing off fucking a lot of people, but ultimately it's for the bigger picture. It's a good thing. You know, sounds a bit fucking evil to me. But the other one, which is what my wife came up with, which I is like, as soon as they find a fucking vaccine for this thing, they're going to make it compulsory for you to take the vaccine. Whether that vaccine actually fixes you or kills you is irrelevant. Because if they're smart, they're going to make it a vaccine that kills you like, you know, three years down the line. And all the people that have to get it, all getting vaccinated and three years down the line, the 200,000 elite that are left are like, we did it, you know, and they've got a planet to themselves, which, you know, some of these guys are absolutely trying to achieve that. Um, You know, they want to reduce the world's population to about half a billion, which means seven and a half billion dying, pretty much. Uh, So, yeah, it's um, it's a very uh, interesting times, as the Chinese would say, ironically enough. So anyway, there you go. That's the numbers. Don't get frightened. Don't get all nightmares and shit now. But, you know, be cautious, take precautions and uh, do what you can. And if you can go off to the country and be in a rural area with no people around you, even better. Um, I don't know enough to know whether there is an immunity that you can develop to this thing, whether it automatically has it built in for certain people. Another theory that I had is I wonder if this affects blonde-haired, blue-eyed people to the same degree that it affects, you know, um, Asians or Oriental uh, people. I wonder if it affects Africans to the same degree that it affects Caucasians or, or um, you know, the, the yellow people, whatever, whatever you want to call them, or Orientals. I call them Orientals, but it's offensive. Well, they're in the fucking Orient, so, you know, get offended. I don't give a shit. Um, Asians, whatever you want to call them. And... Um, you know, plus China is not known for, I mean, you've got satellite pictures showing that the pollution levels have dramatically dropped. And you're telling me what, like, you know, isolating a few hundred thousand people in a population of almost 2 billion is going to do that? No, it's, it's fucking up the whole country. You know, it's like, are you, how are you not seeing this? This thing is not got a three, four percent mortality rate. It's got a lot higher than that. So, um, I, and I, you know what? I hope I'm absolutely wrong. I really do. But unfortunately, I'm not often wrong. So, like I said, be careful. Right, that's it for your nightmare tonight. Good night.